0: Welcome into this week's edition of Talking Ball. I'm on the road, Jerry Hamilton, joined as always by Rod Babers, lifetime Longhorn. Uh, Rod, obviously it's Iowa State week. Nine and one, first time since 09, Ranked seven in the college football poll. That will be updated tomorrow. The new rankings will be released. We'll see if there's any movement there. Um, but Sark went to the uh, podium today, uh, this morning at 11:30, and. Talked about the team, talked about Texas, talked about last week, obviously. Asked about Quinn, uh, injuries, and we're going to get into all that here in a second. But before then, before we get going, I just want to take a second for Longhorn Wealth. Uh, the, I'm, I'm very thankful that Longhorn Wealth Management, longhornwealth.net, is the sole sponsor of Talking Ball. John is a proud University of Texas graduate and shares his Longhorn's passion with his wife and six siblings all of whom are University of Texas grads. John is a certified financial planner who has spent more, over 30 years providing investment, insurance, retirement, and estate planning services and solutions to all of his clients. John has also served 14 years as a Dallas, Texas Exes board member, and his love for University of Texas is why he chose to dedicate his firm to serving his fellow UT alumni and all UT employees. So... Take an hour and a half, call John Donovan and his team at longhornwealth.net at 972-707-4900 for a free 90-minute consultation on how to explore how Longhorn Wealth can help you develop and secure the financial future you're looking for for you and your loved ones. Again, give John Donovan and his team a call at 972-707-4900 or visit longhornwealth.net. .net. Thank you, John Donovan, for being the uh, sole sponsor of Talking Ball. All right, Rod, what were your initial takeaways from Steve Sarkeesian's uh, Monday press conference? Uh,
1: uh, first of all, he gave uh, a lot of props to uh, Jay Witt and X-Men for that yes. play that might have saved the game, the interception by Quinn, yours, and then, uh, man, just unbelievable, fanatical effort uh, by multiple guys on that play, but especially Jay Witt and x Man. And, uh, yeah, it kind of goes to – and I'm glad he brought – he actually used the term, "foot." you know, chose the character in this team. Yes. And I've said over and over again, man, this team's got good football character. Yes, they are flawed. Uh, and actually, he was asked about that too. It was interesting. Um, he was asked early on. maybe might have been the first question. He was asked, hey, um, when was the last time you were satisfied with his team playing a four-quarter game, and how do you think they get back to that? And Stark's answer was awesome, and it was perfect. He said, I don't know. I don't know, which means, which means, Jerry, he's just as frustrated as y'all are. Yes. <laughs> he is just as frustrated as y'all are watching this team for stretches play like they're potentially the best team in the country for stretches and also in the same game have those lows and those lapses where they allow teams to get back in it and they lack kind of the killeristic to put a team away. And I think it's that, you know, kind of the yin and the yang, the good and the bad. It's the it's the, the best of both. It's kind of the, you know, the, the the good and the bad. You get best of both worlds with this team, unfortunately. And it's something that I think Sark's frustrated with too, but it's supposed to show you, I've said it before, this team, I think they I think they are what they are. They are what they are, Rod, yep. Yes. And Longhorn fans who are continuously upset and critical because they want to see this team evolve. They want to see this team play to their full capability and become a dominant football team. I just don't think that's what they are. But, but they still are clutch in critical yes. moments they still are a team that shows up in the fourth quarter and in the second half. I know they've been outscored in the fourth quarter the last two games, but you get my point for the most part. So I am now enjoying this ride for the most part uh, because I think now I'm getting joy out of the experience because now I'm accepting this team for what they are, not expecting them to be something they aren't.
0: Yeah, that's a great point, Rod. It really is. Uh, One other thing on the offense. uh, You mentioned Jay Witt and Worthy. He talked a little bit more about A.D. Mitchell, right? And we've talked about A.D. Mitchell. Um, We've talked about how great his body control is. But let's talk about A.D. Mitchell. One thing Sark mentioned today, has a touchdown in every college football playoff game he's ever played in. Let's talk about the clutch gene a little bit. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Guys that aren't scared of the moment. Look, he was injured. He didn't have big production his freshman year at Georgia, but he made plays when it counted. He had a missed almost nine games his sophomore year at the high ankle sprain. You know what? He made plays when it counted. And you know what he's done for Texas this year? He's had the best season of his career, obviously, before he heads off to the NFL. But he's made plays when Texas needed him. Yep. Through injury, through (laughs) getting used to accustomed to college football, now with a new team, one result's been the same. That guy makes plays when his team needs him.
1: Yep, you're right, man. He's got he's, he's a big game player, and he's got the clutch gene. And you yeah. and sometimes you're not always the best player on your team to have the clutch gene. Right. Some guys just got it. Big shot Bob, right? Robert <laughs> Ori, we were going the same direction. <laughs> exactly yes. right. Some guys just have it, and you know, think I mean, think about it. it does make sense, right? Um, let's think about pressure for a sec, because that's what these clutch moments, big games are about. They're about pressure. And you know, we, we even talk about in the education, I'm an education major, so I'll bring you back education. We talk about how the pressure of test taking at times for some students is too much. Right, they don't perform well under the pressure of taking a test, but that I mean they're not a good student, doesn't I mean they're not applying themselves. But that's what pressure can do to people. That's just a small example of it. And, um, and now you, you can try to multiply that right on a huge stage, a huge stage with millions of people watching. And some people, some guys, they collapse under that pressure. There's also the stress factor, right? The stress of that pressure. Some guys put too much stress on themselves. My boy Sims, I love me some sims, my dog, but every time in big games at Texas, he put too much pressure on themselves. And then under the under the, the, the stress of that pressure, you know, yes. at times he would he would play bad games and he would go down a kind of a downward spiral. And some guys they just handle that pressure, they handle that stress really well. They they you know they don't get overly excited, they don't get overly emotional in those the, big mo-
0: the mind stays calm.
1: Yeah, the moment's not too big for him. And I'll yep. admit, trust me, it, the bigger the moment. Trust me, your heart rate, it's hard to slow it down, right? Uh, but some guys – Hey, Rod, there's them. a reason
0: Tiger was the slowest walker down the fairways on on, on, on Sunday man. in majors, okay? Clutch.
1: Some guys what? got it. Some yeah. guys got it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Uh, the other interesting thing – Wow, well, the most interesting thing for me, Rod, was when somebody asked about giving up passing yards. And that's Sark's response I thought was interesting. For the first time, I think I heard him say, you know, maybe we're not aggressive enough with our calls. And I was like, whoa, all right. <laughs> Somebody said something after that game or Sunday morning in the coaching meeting. That's my, that was my takeaway.
1: Yeah. It's weird because it seems like Sark is, is frustrated with the defensive. I'm not calling collapses, but the lapses yeah. in, in, in the defense in the second half of these games, especially against past first team. Well, Specifically against past first team. If you're a run first team, you can't really even run the ball against Texas in a traditional fashion. And it's weird that because this has been happening since the Oklahoma game, pretty much, right? The Oklahoma game, we saw it, U of H game, we saw it. Uh you saw it in that that, that TC, the K-State game, we saw it in the TCU game. And this is the game I think after this game, he's shown some kind of open frustration with the defense. Uh, talking about the inability to uh, to basically tackle. He's talking about their inability to tackle in open space. Yep. He's talking about their inability to be aggressive. He said, he's talking about the players not being aggressive. he, he talked about the, the lack of aggressive play calling, but he also brought the players not playing with enough aggression. Well. Right. He said when Savion Williams
0: caught that ball, they wouldn't have got him in seven-on-seven seven flag football. I was like, whoa. oh yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> He's not going to then- call anybody out by name, but he's going to say get aggressive. Well, and it's going to help him recruit, Jerry, getting back to yep. what you guys have been talking about in that secondary. They yep. they want to recruit a certain type of player in that secondary. Yep. And I, I think when he's he's taking, you know, little subtle shots at the secondary, it may be because it, in the recruiting game, he may be going after some guys. He wants to show them, hey, guys, I, this is why I need y'all. All right? You see what happened yep. at TCU? This is why I need y'all right away. Yeah.
0: And and obviously uh, Wardell Matt flipped from Florida to the yesterday. So they got one of those defensive backs there after – a couple more: Kobe Black, Xavier Same, safety out of yeah. McKinney, a five-star committed to Florida. So you're right, Rod. Exactly. There's always a recruiting message with these guys when they. Uh, you remember when Mac won the national title? The first thing it is, uh, I'd like to thank the high school coaches in the I state. Don't I don't mean, that's the next recruiting class. I mean, when he was holding the trophy, I mean, given his speech. So that's the way those guys are. All right, I want to hit on Quinn. Then we're going to talk about Jonathan Brooks and lead that into running back recruiting. It's a good week to talk about the next group of running backs coming to Texas. And um, But Quinn, you know, Sark said a little sore, weren't practiced this morning. I would think some soreness. Look, I think that's to be expected, right? I mean, yeah. you're coming back. You were injured. You're throwing the ball down the field. This isn't Mike. This wasn't the old... uh uh, dink and dunk, Mike Leach, offense, air raid where it's boom, 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 right? These are throws down the field, 40-yard throws across the hash to Xavier Worthy, right? Um, what did, you know, tell me, Quinn last week, Quinn versus Iowa State, the difference and what you think Iowa State will do to Texas. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop.
1: Oh, a lot better than people think. Uh, Tampa, I believe is his name, TJ Tampa. He's a really good corner. TJ Tampa from Tampa. (laughs) Uh, Really? I didn't know that. That's pretty wild. Uh, Their corners are underrated. Uh, I think that's one thing that actually uh, sets this particular three high three down apart. And even for for some of the other Iowa State three high three downs in the past, uh, they they like these corners and they trust these corners. Now when they trust them one on one against Texas, I'm not saying that, but they are very very capable. Uh, but they'll manipulate disguise better than any of the other three high three down looks. John Haycock is a brilliant, brilliant yes. disguise artist right? when it comes to disguising pre snap distortion, which is essentially that is the. That is the unique strength of the three high, three down. It forces quarterbacks to have to process everything post snap, which is why you see Quinn in uh, that U of H game. He like, I'm checking it down. A lot of times, you know, Texas, if they're going to take shots downfield, they'll do it from extreme formations. One thing to watch, Texas is breaking out the last two weeks. Sark's little wrinkle versus the three high has been unbalanced quads. I right, go look at his brain running a lot of unbalanced quad formations. Four receivers all to one side of the field started yeah. out. I believe the uh, TCU game in that they're running out of it a lot. They're also throwing out of it, getting some chunk yardage plays out of it. And essentially what it's forcing those three high defense to do is they got to, they got to expose them. So they have to abandon their disguise, abandon their the, uh, pre-snap distortion because if you're going up against an unbalanced formation like that, okay, you know what? We got to get to your work, right? Get to your alignment and assignment. And it gives the, the, the offense and the quarterback better indicators about where their responsibilities are and exactly what the yeah. defense coverage is and what the front is. So starts, he's got some wrinkles for the three high three down. Now what he's going to do without, you know, his full complement of players, that's another uh, issue altogether. Uh, but Texas will have uh, the – there's no doubt they'll have the skill advantage. They had it in every game against these three high three down defenses. What they're going to struggle with against, um, against, you know, our state is once they get into third and long, really the third down – conversion rate of texas in these last two games has been really really low yeah they want to stay out of third down altogether. together or third third down they want to be third and very manageable so that Sark can even go for it on fourth down if he needs to or it'll be an easy game especially without jonathan brooks third down is going to be key in this game for texas because they haven't performed well on third down even with jay brooks in the backfield against these and, and guys. sark
0: hit on the uh, two for eight and third and short uh, i mean i he hit on that in his press conference day. he also uh, gave uh, iowa state a lot of credit for that three uh that uh three high look uh, all right you transitioned us to running backs pretty well there rod you be, you may do this for a living um John, <laughs> life without jonathan brooks begins in ames it mm. actually began in practice but in a game it begins in ames i think we know what cedric baxter will give texas now the question is rod Jaden blue is not really the inside zone runner Nope. you want to get him outside how does that work facing that defense? And do you do you think Sark? We're guessing. Do we think he changes the run scheme now, or do you think Jaden Blue just runs it's the inside zone, just like everybody else does? Because it's late in the season to really be breaking out a different type of
1: run game for Jaden Blue. <laughs> yeah, that's a great point. And listen, he's got the run concepts to maximize and weaponize a guy like Jaden Blue. I think you you, you hit the nail on the head, right? you got to get him to the perimeter. You want to get him the football on the edge with a running start because he can outrun defenders to the edge. There's no question. We've seen him do it already. Uh, And I think, you know, the quick pitches, the tosses, they have him running that jet sweep motion a lot of times when they run that pony package. They have him using that jet sweep motion. I wonder, we haven't really seen him hand it out. They really don't they don't hand off the jet sweep motion very often. We see them do it maybe once or twice with a Keeley Robinson or maybe with an X-Man. Um Jay Blue's a guy that makes perfect sense for him on the yeah. edge, actually getting him um, the ball with a running start, that cheetah, that cheat motion, if you will. So I think that's how you do it a lot of times. The time. quick pitches, the tosses out there to him, um, and try to get him those jet sweep motions on the edge. We haven't seen him catch the football very much, so no. you probably know better than I. And he's got really
0: good play. hands, they just
1: haven't used okay. him
0: yet, but they will. It's about they that go. time,
1: it's about that time. So maybe the screen game doesn't have such a huge setback. We know Jay Brooks was great, he had a 75 yard uh wow. screen uh, almost to the house versus TCU. Screen game shouldn't go away, especially with Jay Blue. Uh, we don't know about Keelan Robinson, I mean, we. Yeah. I don't, we don't want status, but that's a guy as well that you would like to get on the edge, and he can, get, he can contribute as well. This is this is going to be a challenge for Sarkis. Not, not all these running backs are going to be effective running all these different concepts. You want to pick and choose exactly what running back can run what concept most effectively. Last year, this wasn't an issue, right? Bijan Rojo, they both can run power. They can run zone. Inside, outside, didn't matter. With these backs, and not that C.J. Baxter won't be there, he's probably as close as you can get right now to a back that can do it all for you. Um, but still, he has his strengths as well. And as you pointed out, Jaden Blue not good running in the inside the tackles in the interior. Probably going to be best on the edge. C.J. Baxter is going to be your power guy. Savion Red, I know you're a big Savion Red guy. Probably trying to, time to kill the, the Red Cat for the most part. Put him back in the backfield um, and see if you can actually hand it off. And you talked about how he can run in, in between the tackles. So maybe that's something that you do with him. So it's it's got to get really creative with the running game now and innovative about how he's going to weaponize and juice up the running game.
0: And uh, before we talk about two guys that are committed to Texas that fit the inside run zone run game to a T, I want to take one second again for Longhorn wealth management, John Donovan. Uh, John is a proud university of Texas graduate and shares his Longhorns passion with his wife and six siblings all of whom are UT grads. John's a certified financial planner who has spent over 30 years providing investment, insurance, retirement, and estate planning services and solutions to his clients. John has served 14 years as a Dallas, Texas X's board member and his love for the University of Texas is why he chose to dedicate his firm to serving his fellow UT alumni and UT employees. Uh, So treat yourself To a 90-minute free consultation to explore how Longhorn Wealth can help you develop and secure the financial future for you and your loved ones. Just give John Donovan and his team a call at 972-707-4900 or visit LonghornWealth.net. And just in case you didn't know, John Donovan earned his finance BBA from the prestigious McCombs Business Honors program he's earned the million dollar roundtable award multiple times in his in this in his industry so again longhornwealth.net or give john and his call team a call at 972-707-4900 all right rod we're going to finish up today with recruiting talk let's start with christian clark we talked about him early in the season he had a little bit of a banged up knee missed some time so he hadn't had a huge statistical year but he's come back strong in the last three, four games of the season. What do you like when you watch Christian Clark about him as a runner and his fit at Texas?
1: Yeah. I uh, love his, his speed to power transition. Yes. Uh, oh man, he, he You think he's just a speed guy until he, you know, uh, comes in to contact with a defender and you realize he can go from speed to power real quick. Love that transition about him hard. Got to bring down in the open field. Um, love his uh, center of gravity. I love to how big he is because seems yes. to have a nice center of gravity. He,
0: he, right? I saw him I saw him at Austin at Bergstrom Airport after his uh, visit to Texas. He I would more. say he's 5'11 and a half, 205, 210. Okay.
1: Seems like he's thicker below, though. I love that you gotta see him. Okay, yeah, it seems like he's built like. I like him like like hard to do now. Rod,
0: I like his violent cuts, too, for a bigger mm-hmm. back. I yeah. thought he's got a little powerful right. jump cut, skip cut. And I thought he has some violence. Not nobody's like Bijan, but I yeah. thought he had, for his size, he's got some violence in his cuts. Then he accelerates that power you're talking about. Impressive guy between the tackles. I,
1: yeah, I I really like him, man. He's <laughs> he's he's fun to watch, and you can tell the, he, he, why he would fit in the Sark scheme. Uh, yeah, that's pretty obvious. And why it's a short choice likes him, because I'm sure choice is the man here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he has, fit, in front of Texas fans,
0: 54 career receptions in high school as well. So he's that's more than like. just a guy that's going to take handoffs. He's a guy who's already been developed and shown ability out of the backfield in the receiving game. All right, the second back committed in this class is Jarrett Gibson out of IMG. Mm-hmm. Now, Seems Jarrett exactly. Gibson, five nine and a 1⁄2", 205. Little yeah. powder
1: keg, right?
0: His, yeah, uh, another guy that fits the inside zone scheme,
1: right, Rod? Yeah, this guy once he, you know, once he makes that one cut and accelerates, man, he's running downhill. And that's what he seems like every time he's running, once he get yeah. the football. Uh, so I love his game and he's he accelerates. His his acceleration is next level. Um, that's the guy that when he bursts and gets to the second level, he is boom through the hole. That's why he fits that inside zone. Yep. he through the hole and gets to the second level uh extremely extremely quick so i love his game i think um he's also another guy bet is pretty good in the, in the receiving game i don't know his stats as a receiver but strikes me his skill sets the kind of guy that he'd be great as a pass catcher out of the backfield too yeah and i agree with that rob because he's gonna
0: he's a compact, powerful guy that's going to break that first tackle, right? He's got contact balance, so he could be valuable in the passing game as well. Uh, In the future, we'll be talking about Jordan Davis, and I think the 2025 running back from modern day, same body type as Christian Clark, similar skill set, the number one back on the board in 2025, Texas lean. I think Rod and I may be talking about him more in the future. Uh, But for Rod, this this is Jerry Hamilton. This has been this week's edition of Talking Ball, We'll be back on live streams Tuesday night, Wednesday night. Get you ready for Texas at Iowa State on Saturday. Welcome. Welcome.